Do you remember the last time you picked up a pen and noticed the quality? How about a razor you handled that didn't feel cheaply made? When was the last time a product made a true and lasting impression on you? In this era of the mass-produced and disposable, anything lovingly handcrafted seems to be a rare thing. Maybe it's time for a change, and Spindlecraft can help. At Spindlecraft, passion and superior quality make it stand out from the faceless, automated crowd. Material for each piece of work is thoughtfully chosen, crafted, sanded, and finally polished with the kind of attention to detail and dedication you can't get off of an assembly line. At Spindlecraft, they know that quality of the material is as important as the quality of the craftsmanship and is a reflection of both the artist and the customer. So rather than buying some cheap pens or razors that you won't give a second thought, purchase something from Spindlecraft. To see what they have to offer, go to www.spindlecraft.com and at the checkout, enter the word GEEKS. That's G-E-E-K-S to get 10% off. We're sure that once you have a Spindlecraft product in your hand, you won't want to put it down. Welcome to the Freaking Geeks Podcast, the flagship podcast of Freaking Geeks Media. In this podcast, hosts Michael, Sarah, and Barry crank the geekiness to 11, covering everything from movies and television to pop culture, video games, books, and so much more. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The podcast is produced each week, so feel free to add us to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. The links will be in the show notes. Okay, now it's time to start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and with me are my co-host, Jacob, Rake, and Sarah. Hey. Hello. All right. Full, full house. Well, well, <laughs> right. We, well, we we all, have all four um, of us are here, but you only really need two, maybe three of us. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mike. Jeez, uh, oh, yeah. I wasn't even talking about Michael. But I mean, anyway. I, we got a we got a coup running here. Like that, so <laughs> yeah, right. this coup. Apparently, apparently, I'm being taken out as host <laughs> and uh, runner of this podcast. Uh, this is about. apparently this is my swan song, folks. So. <laughs> um, so no, we donations too. <laughs> well, after Save I'm Michael after I'm gone, you guys can fight who's the host. So oh make, just make sure it's bloody. Dip. I, I want to see only one host, Michael. We all know. <laughs> I'm the the host with the most. That's uh, right, hostess. Um, so we are here to to talk about Black Widow. Uh, which uh, just came out uh, on the 9th of this month. Um, so, yeah, I think we can all agree this is a movie that we've waited for for quite some time. Obviously, the pandemic uh, has done this to a bunch of movies um, that we have reviewed recently, even A Quiet Place Part Two, uh, mm-hmm. as an example as well. Uh, of a movie that was halted by the pandemic. It would have been released last year. Uh, This one, uh, July 9th of this year, um, it was written by 
uh, Eric Pearson, directed by Kate Shortland. Runtime of two hours and 13 minutes with a budget of $200 million. Uh, box office of currently $100.7 million domestic, $78 million international. So pretty easy math there, $178.7 million total so far. Yeah, so, not doing too bad. Right, not too mm. bad. Uh, I, I expect this movie to bring in, I don't know, probably... I'd say seven hundred million total. Wow! Uh, Do you? Okay. I think so. I think yeah. so. Um, well, actually, no. Hold on. I better pull back on that a little bit. Temper with, your expectations. Michael. With the co- with the pandemic, and there's probably yeah. certain places around the world that aren't going to be able to open up or whatever. And and people buying it. Yeah. On Disney, I think and so. I know quite a few actually. Okay, so maybe maybe it's gonna be closer to maybe four fifty. Three four. Yeah, maybe yeah. four fifty. So anyway, stars are Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, Rachel Weisz, David Harbour, Ray Winstone, John or William Hurt, and Olga Kurylenko. Plot hmm. synopsis uh, is this: uh, On the run after the events of Captain America: Civil War, Natasha Romanoff finds herself helping her sister and her air quotes mother and father. Uh, while trying to destroy the Red Room where she was brainwashed and turned into an assassin against her will years earlier. Um, So I I think the first thing we should do here is just talk about our general thoughts on the movie. What did we think without getting into any spoilers or anything? Just kind of give me your broad overall thoughts on on Black Widow. Uh, Sarah, why don't we start out with you? Oh, well... um... You know, I really enjoyed it, and I'm I'm the person that kind of, you know, Marvel, I'll go watch them all at least once, but not a lot of, like, you know, repeat watching value to most of them, but I really thoroughly enjoyed this one, and Black Widow's not exactly my, like, I don't go out to see Black Widow, but I really did enjoy it, and I think that's quite a bit is the actors they put into this movie. They're all so perfect for their roles and added their own dynamics that it just it was a great standalone movie so i i thoroughly enjoyed it okay um rake uh what are your overall thoughts on this movie actually you know what i really caught myself enjoying this movie Hmm. you know i mean there are many points i'm critical of many parts of it rather (laughs) i'm critical of but you know as you know and i'm not going to use covid as an excuse oh we're back in the theaters now everything is good um no you know what i mean like it was it was just very entertaining it was well acted the fights the action scenes i want to say fight scenes the action scenes were very very good Mm -hmm. um soundtrack was cool david harbour was great uh (laughs) just yeah just just you know i mean it, it was a great popcorn movie and here's here's my thing and i'm sure you know you guys probably have thought it too i think this would have been fantastic released before uh infinity war yeah we're gonna get into that because i think i figured a, i figured we would thing. tackle that because <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I, I thought to myself because i am actually kind of an anti-black widow you know, like during all the avengers movies and you know civil war and all that stuff i was always like my god you know what i mean like i was not a fan of her character i was not, i've never been a fan of scarlett johansson um and but this movie you know really kind of you know I ha- i have a new I don't say respect. I have new respect for her character. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think her death in uh, Endgame Spoiler. would have meant 
Yeah, well, I'm, I, I like to think, you know, two-thirds of the population of the planet has seen Endgame. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> I think it would have meant so much more if we would have had this movie beforehand. Do you not think? Yeah, I, I totally I, I totally but, agree. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm kind of digressing there. I'm trying to get, you know, I'm getting a little deeper here when you're looking for general thoughts. But yeah, those are my general thoughts. We'll talk about that other stuff later. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Jacob, uh, what about you? Uh, yeah, no, the, uh, the, and like Rick said, the action was really well done and it was a, little, a lot of fun watching this movie and the performances of a lot of, like the, the family was just so fun. Mm-hmm. The interactions like David Harbour and Florence yeah. Pugh, like that was, I just, I could not yeah. help but laugh with yep. so many of her lines and her delivery because it was, it wasn't intended to be funny. It was so it just it made it even better because yeah. it, she did a great job and the performances were really great. Yeah. Like like Rick said, I I too have some some nitpicks here and there yeah. throughout, but like it was it was fun. It was enjoyable. Like yeah, I it, totally it's like my appreciation for Harbor from Jacob. By the way, he you know he and I were talking during our podcast and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about how good uh, Harbor was, so yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm glad he's got something movie wise after the mm-hmm. abysmal Hellboy. So yeah. at least he's got something going back in his favor to keep him from tanking as an actor. Yeah, Michael, what'd you think? Uh, I. I'm of two minds with this movie. Oh, I, I think. I, I think on one hand, uh, like most Marvel, one is. Well, I have I have my good mind <laughs> and my evil mind, so there you go. Um, so I guess you have to ask which mind is thinking about this movie. Um, so I, I think that part of me really enjoys this movie in the way that you are supposed to enjoy a lot of Marvel movies. Um, it's got, you know, one-liners and, and, you know, good action scenes and all of that, and it moves fairly quickly overall. Uh, but then on the other hand, where I feel like that pacing and that quippiness and all of that is good, I think, for the most part, I do think that if there's one kind of big criticism I can throw at Marvel in general is that there are times where I feel like they don't know when to kind of put that on hold a bit when it comes to certain characters and their stories. Uh, this is a story, in my personal opinion, and like I said, we'll get into talking about where this, when this movie should have come out. But, uh, you know, aside from that, I feel like that as much as I enjoyed watching it and everything, all the ingredients that I've come to expect in a Marvel movie, what I think this movie needed a big dose of was just uh, darkness or a little bit more of some, a harder, darker look into the past of, Black Widow. I mean, they touch on that a bit in this movie, but the problem with this movie, in my opinion, broadly, is because there's this big plot we have to get to, you know, 
with all these moving parts, it gets in the way of what I think would have been some excellent, just excellent like scenes of of Natasha. Whether it's, you know, and yes, she does interact with her family, and yes, there's hashing out of the past, and yes, there's confronting some of the things that, that she had to deal with and what she went through in her training and things that were done to her. But a lot of it, a lot of it to me, felt kind of surface level. And so I think that broadly, I like this movie. I enjoyed watching it. But I'll, I'll honestly, I, I, I hate to say this because it sounds sounds weird. Um, I'm thinking off the top of my head, this might be the weakest, in my opinion, the weakest Marvel movie since oh. The War of the Dark World. Ooh. That's wow. a hot take. Um, there it is. That's a hot take. <laughs> not a hot take with Rake and Jake. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's um, freaking hot take with the lank. This is a hot take. <laughs> it, it, and I hate saying that, and I don't mean wow. to make it sound like it's it's like Thor: The Dark World level. Clearly, this is far, far, far better. <laughs> I was about to say because like, you know because Thor: The Dark World is just the pits. It just <laughs> it just is. But it's you know the only other one I can say that even comes close to what I'm talking about is Age of Ultron. You know, that was a big mess of a movie that had a lot going for it. And yet there's just a lot about that movie that just doesn't work nearly as well as it should. And for me, this movie, to a certain extent, is kind of like that. There are a lot of things in this movie that I think work. And then there's a lot of things that get in its way. There, This movie could have been a... You know how when you watch, um, when you watch Winter Soldier? And it's like this perfect... You get this almost perfect tone for that movie, you know, with the story, uh, the character beats, everything about that movie kind of just works so well. It's why even how many years later since what that was came out in 2014, it's still one of the best MCU movies they've ever done. Top five, easy. Um, because they really get into some very nuts and bolts of Steve Rogers as a character what he's gone through since he's come back, the disillusionment, disillusionment that he is suffering through in that movie. Um, all these things that they really tackle, they really take the time to address it. And in this movie, for me personally, and like I said, they do address some of these things. They do touch on them. But it, it some of it feels lip service to me. Um, wow. I just don't feel like they... Oh my God. Do it well enough for me. Yeah. I will say I definitely agree. I think the character they should have made start off very dark and very kind of, I wouldn't say tortured, but definitely psychologically kind of recovering is Yelena, uh, Florence Pugh's character. Like, since very clearly it's been known since this movie was announced she's going to be the next black widow mm -hmm. like it would have been great to have her start off as that super dark character because she just got her mind back and have her develop and finally like you know i wouldn't say like lighten up but like work through some of those issues a little bit more like start off very dark and 
kind of hit that red room issue a lot harder in like the past and then kind of work their way through to develop her character that would have been really good and i agree with you on that like there could have been a lot more moments of in-depth darkness because like they made jokes about it but it is kind of a it's very clearly a screwed up and dark past it is and i think that that's my point is that marvel all right so this is a this is kind of where the problem is i know this is a pg-13 movie right so you're taking your family to see this i understand what they're doing to that extent i guess but i'm not saying that we need to get into some like serious deep you know you know, hard R level material here. I, I understand there's only so far you can go uh, in certain areas, but at the same time, you have to take a character that is got this past that they've been running from for all these years, right? And you've got to you've got to lean into it. We understand, yes, she was brainwashed, and yes, she was all these things were were done to her that this was a harsh program, the way that she was treated and things that were done, but you know they don't really let that that conflict that she has with her past fully come to the surface in this movie and and this is her movie, this is about her i it should be really be about her. Finally, finally and fully coming to terms with the things that she's done in her life, whether it was when she was in the Red Room or some of the things that she's done after. And, and I think that that's important. And I, and I don't – and they didn't have – you know. Yeah. I don't think the PG-13 is an excuse for that though because look at like WandaVision. Yeah. That was rated PG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And they definitely touched on a lot of in-depth and a lot of dark moments. Mm-hmm. And th- that that just shows, like, even though this was rated PG-13, and they could have touched on a lot of that darkness. So I think that does show that the rating should not have hindered it in that way, at least. Because, I mean, heck, we've seen PG-13 movies in general able to go pretty dark because it's the like the rules for the ratings is kind of wonky in general to be completely frank but i gotta be the one that's on the other side of this usually i'm the one that's like go darker be be harsher but i think i'm actually on the opposite side okay I think it's better for us to leave a little bit to our imagination because that's just so much worse than if we actually saw it. Because, I mean, that's what it was like to me. Just when you show like these, like with women's faces, they show some images of what they've gone through and allude to some of it. It's to me, that's far worse than if they actually just shoved it in our face and showed us and delved into that. And I like Mm -hmm. that they didn't just have her conflicting and like taking her aggression out on the head guy, whatever his name is, um, Drakov. Yeah. And instead it's kind of channeled toward her quasi family. Mm-hmm. And that's, and it's a little more in depth that way. And 
I don't I liked it the way they uh, well, did it. I, I totally like I don't need to see the things. Uh, but yeah. like it, like when she when she and Yelena are having discussions, those are some of the best scenes in the movie. Because that's characters getting into their past, you know, arguing, uh, talking about the things that happened to them, you know, uh, maybe they don't they don't agree on how some things played out and they agree on some other things and that's all fine that's all character work that's all the that's the nuts and bolts that's the meat in this movie all right like hey look i you know i like the fight sequences and and all that stuff that stuff's great but as with any movie if you don't have enough substance there at the core that stuff just feels tacked on it doesn't feel like it's really all that important in the end. This movie falls apart for me in the third act, personally. That's that's the weakest act for me, is the third act of this movie. As much fun as it is, and I enjoyed myself, I thought that David Harbour was fantastic. Um, I, I, I like some of the twists and turns. This, this feels like a Mission Impossible movie, if that makes sense, to a certain extent. Like if you mix the uh, Mission Impossible with, um, have, have any of you seen the Americans TV show? Yes, yeah, I mentioned that. I have a friend that said that all about that because isn't it the same? Uh, I thought there was a similar. I thought there was a. Go ahead, Michael. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, I just so the, the friend it, brought brought that up. That whole Americans thing. So the it, Americans, so. which is a TV show, and I yeah. highly recommend it. You it's like, fantastic. Yeah, you're a big fan. I knew that. Is it's basically that that show is about a a family in quotes, uh, who it's like early Russian 80s. sleeper cell, right? Yeah, it's a sleeper cell. A Russian uh, mother mm-hmm. and father, uh, Matthew Rice and Kerry Russell, unbelievable performances in that show. By the way. Totally. Like, if you didn't think Harry Russell was a good actress, fine. Watch that show. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, some people don't think so. Oh, I'm fine. She's great. But if you watch that show, you will come away with a vastly different uh, opinion, I think, of her as an actress. Anyway, they have these kids, right? They are their kids. They're actual kids. But, like, they were placed there as a husband and a wife, despite the fact that... They didn't even know each other, right? They just like, okay, this is going to be your husband. This is going to be your wife. You're going to live together. You're going to have kids. You're going to raise them, and you're going to do these missions. And it starts out in the early 80s, and it's fantastic. And this movie is kind of, you know, it touches on that because they grew up in Ohio, similar situation, you know, sleeper, cell, uh, and, you know, now in this situation, you know, there are some differences, but... You know, the thing is, like, it feels like that. You know, it does. And, you know, and the thing is, like, I think that this movie, oh, it just frustrates me because I feel like this movie, it's not that I needed to see visually a lot of the stuff that they were talking about. I I wanted to see, I wanted to see Natasha wrestling a lot more with the things because this is her movie. Right? This is it, as far as I'm concerned. This is basically her swan song. Yeah. Right? And and so if you okay, if this is gonna be her swan song, then you really needed to just dive deep. I mean, really get into some nitty gritty hard stuff. You know, the, you know, have have her having her really confront her past, but it, it doesn't seem to really go far enough for me. 
Um, she's she's a good character, but it's like they don't want to make you look at her in a bad light. Like if she came and said, you know, um, I killed uh, I killed women, I killed children, I did this, I did that, and sometimes I did it because I had to, and sometimes I did it because it was something that I felt was fine in the moment because I needed to accomplish X mission. Um, would you look at her the same way? Maybe not, and that's not a bad thing. I think confronting the past and all of its messiness and its darkness and the bare, you know, the terrible things, I think is a really important thing for her. And she's different from a lot of characters in the MCU, right? I mean, Tony was a war profiteer, and he confronted that briefly, and we've never heard a thing about it since, right? And her past in the MCU up to this movie was only ever hinted at. And it's like, do you want to look at her as a complicated character, as a complicated person with a complicated past? Some of the things that she did, she did willingly. Um, Do you want to do that or do you just want to look at her as a hero? And I think that that's where the problem lies for me is some of this is stuff that was done to her. Some of it was you know, because she was in this program. And, but I think you need to have a script that really pulls back the, the layers and reveals it's in some ways the, the, the bad parts of the onion too. And well, I don't think they really do that as much as they should have. Well, I thought, well, I guess you, they could add more. I didn't really think about like needing more. I mean, they, show her blow up a child. So they, I mean they to do. me it felt like they really touched and they, on that. Yeah, they do that. They do. They but it it always feels like it just feels like we're skimming the surface a little bit. Yeah. Well and also to be fair, that kind of got pretty heavily, you know, counteracted with the big twist at yeah. the end. Well that's true. So like it doesn't really hit like it you would expect it to. Yeah, I would have preferred her to the girl to turn on Natasha at the end. I have Riker and I kind of briefly talked about it. That is going to be my most hated part of this movie. It's going to be it? that character. Which one? Taskmaster. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. I up and like, I didn't, I actually enjoyed the character up until the puppet master stuff. Like, mm. making Taskmaster literally just a, another mind-controlled character. Like, I didn't even mind the fact that it was going to be spoilers, obviously. Mm-hmm. If we haven't mentioned it yet. But, like, I didn't mind the the gender twist. I That was actually, I thought, was really clever. I was down for it. Because they were definitely willing to twist some stuff around. Yeah. Because, like, in the comics, Red Guardian is actually Black Widow's husband. Mm-hmm. So they're not afraid to twist stuff. I'm down with that. But to have it as just this puppet character takes all of the weight out of this character. It makes literally the probably most badass character that we've seen throughout this whole movie feel worthless. Yeah, and I mean, I would have preferred it if she wasn't, you know, mind you know, mind controlled and was literally just out for revenge. And 
it would have been so much better than she was just being controlled like the others. Uh, yeah, it's just that part bothered me so much. And then the her getting her mind freed. Well, there goes another freaking villain that we don't get to have now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because she's just Marvel's okay. bad about that. Like, let's just introduce this potentially great option for a villain, and mm, no, we're gonna take that away. I yeah. e look at freaking Killmonger. Yeah, it would have like, been nice on. to have you know another female villain. Yeah, like, that would great. Them. Like I, even outside of just like the female villain, like the the mimicry stuff. Is probably yeah. like in the comics and everything that Taskmaster comes into play is one of the coolest things because of the fact that it's it's like with anything trying to fight yourself yeah. a little bit and it's the idea it, it was there it, like they were on the brink of greatness and then they just tossed it off yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is one thing I will absolutely agree about. I just, yeah, like that. I think that just that honestly, that is the part, especially being the fact that it was in the third act, ruined the movie for me a little bit because it just it's like, man, yeah. you just left a bad taste in my mouth now. And that is one thing I like. I think also takes away the weight of Black Widow's actions. Like she chose to you know, kill this child to try and get to Drake off. And then it's like, Oh no, she's, she's alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's just, it, yeah. it also, the problem that I have with this movie is the red dust. Oh. And the reason I have a problem with this is because again, like instead of making it so that these kids, well, you know, they brought up to be black widows. Like if you, if you brainwash them, Right, you you brainwash them, all right. It, it's just it's it's just a, a combination of repetition and uh, you know, hearing the same same phrases, just keeping them in a bubble and feeding them the same stuff. The things that they need to kind of turn them in their point of view into what you need it to be, and that's fine. I mean, that's uh, I you know the the actual. Um, programs, not just in you know Russia, but other places, uh, have done similar things, and it's just been that. But you turn this thing into, oh, here, let me blow some red dust in your face, and oh, you're free. Woo. Yeah, you know, like okay, so now all of a sudden, you know, you not not only you're never responsible for your actions. Then everything that you've done can just be laid at the feet of whomever has this power over you because of this red dust, as opposed to I have programmed you to do X, you've done X, but it's still been you the whole time. You still made the decision to do it. And I think that's where some of that weight is. Again, it's part of, I think Marvel not willing to go as far as they need to go. Why make the red dust even a thing? And 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 I I can't speak to whether that's in the comics or not. I really don't know. For personally, yeah, even if it is, I don't think they should have kept it in there. I think this should just been. Yeah, this is where you grind or not grind. You ground some of this stuff in reality, right? Don't yeah. give me the red dust. Don't give me none of that crap. Let's let's pull this thing down into the muck a little bit. 
keep it in that that spy thriller kind of tone that Winter Soldier was. Yeah, give me the seventies and eighties. You know, some of that kind of dark, grimy, you know, gritty spy thrillers where bad things happen. Some characters do bad things. You can then judge them if they are a good person or not. But, you know, decide for yourself. I think it's when you start taking away the complication of a character, um, that's when you begin to eulogize them. You know, you start putting these characters on pedestals, right? It's like when you watched, uh, when we watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? You come out of that series having a complicated view of not so much Captain America, right? But the shield itself, right? You come out of that show mm-hmm. and you think, yeah, that's a little icky at times. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that because you come out of that, you know, realizing the way they've kind of, you know, wrote the show that you're supposed to come out of that, uh, out of that show thinking about the legacy of Captain America a little different than when you went into it. Yeah. That, and that, and that, that lack of it needing to be sunshine and rainbows all the time is a good thing. And I think that's kind of the core point I'm trying to make about this re- this review is, for me, is that they only ever want to go half measures. You know, you only make it halfway when it comes to showing the complicated version of these characters and who they are and what they're willing to do. Uh, and when you kind of only go so far, you never really push them in the audience to maybe go into an uncomfortable territory, put it that way. Um, And I think Black Widow, more than anybody else, I think, is primed for that. You know, she's done terrible things. She has a complicated past. And I think if you don't kind of make the audience see that and still come out and go, okay, you know what, she's not a perfect person. Yeah, she's done some pretty terrible stuff after coming out of this movie, but you know what? I still think she's a good, you know, in the end she's a hero, but she's not a perfect person. And I think that's kind of where I, I I see that in this movie. I just don't think they really kind of nail it, but the red dust for me just says, Oh, you know what? (laughs) All these things that you've done, it wasn't your fault. Here's some red dust. You're free. Good. Go, you know, make your own decisions now. Yeah. That in general. Yeah. They need to stop with mind control. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you so Avengers, much. I'm so tired of Age it. of Ultron. Mm-hmm. WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Honestly, even Endgame with the Nebula stuff. Like, come on. Make the followers have their own conviction. Yep. It's the ultimate, wow. besides time travels, the ultimate, uh, what, deuce ex machina? Yeah. Cop yeah. out. There you go. Like, it just, it bothered me so much because it's like, Oh, well, I guess that's just it, it. It makes the characters feel so like I mentioned with Taskmaster. It makes their characters feel worthless. Mm-hmm. Like they have no there. There's nothing about them. They're just robots. They have no agency. And yeah, like they're just it's pointless. And Marvel really needs to lay off the mind control. Yeah. yeah. The only yeah. one I've seen that's done that well is Jessica Jones. That was it. It's the only story where I felt like that was a prominent part of it, but it was done the way they framed it was more of a. Um, Avengers didn't do it bad. They did it more of like a, a, a an abusive relationship, yeah. given 
what they, you know, the tone of it and everything. I think that the way they did it with that was, that goes terrible. And <laughs> I mean, he was, I mean, and frankly, yeah. I think that that is a really good example of doing it right. And I mean, not just mind control, but, but really kind of making sure that the audience understands that you're kind of framing think, this as a certain thing. Yeah. And I think they did a good job there here. It's just stupid. And I think you're right. They need to lay off the whole mind control thing. Clearly, clearly. Well, and we got another thing that's if people haven't been watching. It's come up again in a lot of ways. It's not direct uh, mind control, but it's pretty dang close. Mm. And another series that they're doing. Yeah, they, they just. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's cheap. It's out of control. It's cheap <laughs> and it's it's uh it's just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it just is. Um all right, so so let's um so the plot of this the plot of this whole thing, you know, it's it's a bit convoluted at times. Um Yeah. What what did you guys think of the events, the way they played out the the whole plot? of this movie, the screenplay, more or less. What did you guys think of this? Uh, Sarah, what, what did you think of the general screenplay, the, the way the events kind of roll out in the, in the movie? Did you think that it was done well? Did you feel it was clunky? I thought, honestly, it was a little clunky at times, personally. I thought the end, some scenes in the end were clunky, but okay. I thought the beginning was solid, um, especially like when they touched in her past. It's one of the few, you know, back... Or, flashes to the past that I actually don't hate. I actually really liked how they did it and the actors that were the, the who played the like the girls were great. Mm-hmm. Uh I thought it was well done and it kind of gave a bit of, you know, it was a bit of, you know, we got to see what home was to her for a little while and you know that really, you know, translates to later in the movie and I thought it was decently done and and also, the little girl who plays Natasha, I can't freaking believe it's Mila Jovovich's kid. Yeah, it Fun is. Fact. Fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe it got by Michael. Fitting image. Oh, yeah. She's no, like, you can image see her mother. It. Yeah. yeah. You can tell it's her daughter. Yeah, so she's got four daughters, and every single one of them looks like her, nothing like their father. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, but, it, yeah. I don't know. I think they look a little bit like me. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> Heck, I'd wish. Mila Jovovich is gorgeous. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the beginning was great, and I thought it was a really good progression. How we kind of just jump into where she's at, and her sister jumping into the scene, and also got to give a shot, like huge props to Florence. She's just such a good actress and I am a thousand percent okay of her taking up the mantle. She's going to do a great job. Hmm. Hmm. I, I think the ending was... Yeah. It felt Sometimes it felt rushed. They're trying to put too much action in there at times and it didn't feel as smooth to me. So that's, yeah. that's what I think. Sometimes I feel like the 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 need to make everything part of the MCU it, it can at mm. times I think be a negative, where it feels mm-hmm. like kind of like Age of Ultron, where there were scenes in there whose only purpose was to set up 
the next phase uh, of movies, some of which ultimately weren't even necessary. Um, yeah. And, there's, and then, every MCU movie is kind of guilty of that. But um, sometimes I'm just like, ah, did you really need to put that in there? Really? Not really. <laughs> well, yeah, they kept, they would not stop mentioning that she's an Avenger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God, it was every other freaking line it mm-hmm. felt like. It just... We get it. She's an Avenger. Everyone should know this. It was like six years before this that she spoiled all of the secrets of Hydra. Like, come on, man. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't need to know that and have it reiterated so much. We can't. If they had left some of the, like, she's an Avenger, like, lines out of there and just had, you know, the scenes, like, where her sister is kind of mimicking her. Oh, yeah. That was great. That would have been great. Just leave it like that. That's enough reminder for us. The, the the banter between those two was should have been the only parts where there was a mention that she was an Avenger solely because it was her sister picking on her. That would yeah. have been great. Like, oh, you're a total poser, and like when you whip your head back after you land. That 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 alone that would have been fine because it was a nice little nod, wasn't explicitly yeah. stated, and it was fun. Yeah, I could honestly watch a movie just of them talking and having interactions. <laughs> I loved the banter between the two of them. And yeah, like more of that. You could take out a good 20 minutes of the action and put more in of their dynamic. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be fine with that. I'm, I'm actually glad you brought that up. I think that this movie, I mean, some action would be fantastic, but every third act act needs to be, Okay, fine. This wasn't saving the world, but you know, it'd be nice to see what a third act of a Marvel movie would be like, where it's not quite so, you know, that level theatrical. There isn't. Yeah, I mean, just like there, there there has to be some aerial combat. Everyone's got to be flying out of this and that, doing insane aerial stunts, and you know. I think they should have stuck to more of like we were talking about, like the winter soldier kind of thing where you have more of a grounded, believable, at least somewhat more believable tone and style to it. You know, if you want to go with more of a, a eighties style espionage, um, you know, sleeper cell family kind of thing. And then you've got people from her parents past or something or the red room. Fine. But, you know, maybe we've got to infiltrate the Red Room, but the end result doesn't mean blowing up everything or something. Yeah. You know, like, they need to change up some of the ways that they kind of end their movies. It doesn't have to always be that. It could be something yeah. a little more low-key, but still be impactful. Um, yeah. So I Honestly, mean, they need to take a page out of their series. Yeah. Like... Hmm. Honestly speaking, like the series have gone about and tried to do some very unique stuff across each and every one of them mm-hmm. to make them feel different. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah, look at all three series. I mean, look at the way you look at the way that Loki and uh, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier and as well as uh, WandaVision, they're, they all have, I mean, okay, yes. I mean, spoiler Morning, WandaVision, you know, ends with a little bit of a big battle, whatnot. But, you know, for a good chunk of that show, it wasn't. 
it really was only the final what episode and a half mm-hmm. um that really anything major happened so i can bypass that a little bit because so much of it wasn't any kind of big fight sequences and all well, that. and that one was grounded in the style of the character too. and it was grounded it, it was that, like this yeah. ultimate freaking magic user battle that makes sense for the character like it doesn't make as much sense for this character that has no powers to have such a crazy like it, it had more for it, it almost looked like michael bay freaking directed the last act of this movie with how much freaking explosions and chaos was going on especially when she's jumping from like glass panel to glass panel as everything's falling from the sky yeah tell you what though i thought it was well choreographed and everything though oh yeah like choreographed was great like it's just i don't i don't know who they who decided to write that last act but i think it should have gone through a couple more cycles of editing yeah yeah, I agree. I think so, yeah, I think the performances are excellent here in this oh, movie. God, I will yeah. say that. Um, I've never had a problem with personally. Uh, I know, Rake, you said you have a, you've had an issue with Scarlet in general, and and uh, in you know Black Widow is not one of your favorite characters. No, I'm not a big Scarjo fan. But I don't know what it I is. Thought she, I've always thought she's done, you know, a good job, and frankly, um, especially early in the MCU when I think her character wasn't really wasn't really valued personally uh, all that much. I think she was just used as, I think I've, I've heard something similar to the, to the she idea that she's just been more of a, a chess piece that was used to. That's something like I totally agree with. She was very much a sex symbol in the beginning yeah. and progressively over the movies, they be- she's become like, you know, an actual human being. She gets to dress mm-hmm. normally. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. gets to dress normally. Uh, Joss Whedon. Yeah. And I think, on top of that, I also think that uh, as the series progressed, I think that the fans were like, we like this character and we want to see more of an actual, you know, plot line for her or something, you know, character work, something, anything. And yeah. I think it worked. I, th- I still think the best, her best outing in the entire MCU is uh, Winter Soldier. I got more character work out of that movie. That's to me, Winter Soldier is where her character turned. Uh, it went. She went from being a a, you know, a, just one of the Avengers, and you know, probably like you said, Sarah. She was just kind of used as a more of a, you know, attractive, you know, sexy character, I guess. Uh, not really given yeah. a whole lot to do to use, uh, but you know, Winter Soldier is where she kind of turned in, into, I think, an interesting character, because that's when you really started getting, I think, really started getting some, sh- you know, dialogue that kind of alluded to things in her past. But uh, I think we should probably. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Actually, let me continue with the way it, I was talking about the actors. Uh, I think ScarJo did a great job. But I agree. I think Florence Pugh is quickly becoming one of my, one of my favorite actors out there right now. Yeah. Um, oh man, Brie Larson, you're in trouble. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, she's not in trouble. But I, I do think Florence Pugh is <laughs> is excellent. Um, and I think that uh, if you if you have never seen Fighting with My Family, have any of you seen that? No. 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 Okay. 
it's a no. it's a a movie uh it's kind of like the first movie that really put Florence Pugh on on the map uh came out a few years ago she's it's based on a true story in the UK there was this family full of like amateur like wrestlers yeah right i know what you mean now and, oh i know what you're talking about right so and and i'll tell you what i sat down and watched that movie and i thought you know what i i don't even know why i'm watching this movie and it's one of those times where you you know you you really get surprised by how good the, a movie is that you don't think you're really gonna like you think if if anything else it may be this just passes the time i came out of that movie really impressed with the whole thing uh from top to bottom honestly um and i thought her performance was just really really excellent um and i think you know since then she's basically just been knocking them out of the park skyrocketing yeah go watch midsummer midsummer yeah that's great midsummer yeah oh man Um, and i know you're not a big fan of scar joe right but if there's one movie you should watch with her in it, it's lost in translation. Oh yeah, I've seen it. Uh, there's another <laughs> I one love up that there movie. with her in it. There's another good one with her in it that Ghost came World? out relatively recently. Oh, recently. Jojo Rabbit. Oh yes, Jojo Rabbit. Yep. That movie That is excellent. It wow. is so good. Wow. And she does a great job in it. Oh my god. Like it's on HBO Max. I implore you to watch that if you have not. It and, is. Yeah. The official implore. I like it. Yeah. No, like I was not expecting a whole lot of it because it definitely plays up like a really weird movie. But man, does she knock it out of the park in that and so does every single actor in that, and that movie's great. Yeah. But back to Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading the synopsis and I'm amused by it already. <laughs> oh, it's goofy. It's so goofy like no other. But oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. It, it is good. It is good. You have to check it out. It's excellent. Um, but I, I do think you're right. Uh, ScarJo, I think, does a good job. And I think everyone else here, whether it's Florence Pugh, David Harbour, Rachel Wise, I mean, yeah. they all do a really good job. Mm-hmm. With their roles, whatever's required. I have no problem with the performances in this movie. So, And I think directing-wise, I think the director did a pretty solid job. I think the... Right, you alluded earlier to the fight sequences. You thought they were very, very good. I was actually reminded yeah. of some, like, like almost like a Born Identity kind of fight sequences I think, at times. I think what really impressed me was, like, when Taskmaster was introduced, mm-hmm. even though I'm not a fan of how... Taskmaster yeah. ended up, but anyway, just like the ferocity in which he, he she, she was whatever. It was like a you know just like a relentless killing machine. I loved it, like the way Taskmaster threw the shield. It looked more, you know, I mean, vicious than like Captain America. Like it almost looks like like a wind up, almost like a, you know, like an Olympic athlete just like putting everything into it. I I just thought, man, I like the Taskmaster, till I. You know, till they did the old gender swap and all that crap, mind control and everything else. But I that's why I was just so hoping it wasn't what I thought it was, which it turned out to be. Yeah. 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 Um, should we before we kind of get towards and wrap this up here? Let's talk about um, the placement of this movie and why it should have come before you know 
uh, Endgame. It would have been so much better. Yep. I think that a jaw dropper. I think part yep. of my problem with this movie, apart from all the things that I've said already, and I know it makes it sound like I hate this movie, like I should, you know, burn the original reel of film that this was uh, recorded on. I, 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 I don't. But I think probably one of the things I really am more frustrated and annoyed at is that it took Marvel this long to give her her own movie you know everyone else had a movie you know whether it's mm-hmm. the hulk uh all, all the other did characters hulk have a movie? yeah he did it, it was the one with ed norton so yeah they oh, okay so not it. mark ruffalo got it right no but it technically is in the mcu because it has a cameo of rdj at the end yeah okay exactly so got it. um but this movie definitely should have been before endgame um, it would have made because it feels almost. This movie feels. I gotta say, it feels weightless. We're watching a movie about a character who's dead. Yeah. You know? And then, like the way they could have adjusted the end credit scene is not shown the name on the tombstone, mm-hmm. and just had her there take out mm-hmm. uh, the what's her name. Uh, at the very end, Yelena. Uh, no, not Yelena. The Madame Hydra character. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The Lu- um, Julie her, the recruiter. Yeah, yeah forget. Julie Dreyfus or whatever. Yeah, Julie Dreyfus's character. Yeah. I forget what they call her actually in that, and I'm having a horrible brain fart because I should know. Yes, that was it, Valentina. Like, omit her out of it. Don't show whose name is on the tombstone and have Florence Pugh's character there somber. Dark Avengers, huh? Dark Avengers, yeah. Oh, that I'm coming up. Excited about like U.S. Agent. No, but like they they could have gotten away with that and having it before Infinity War with that scene still in there and have it hold weight and not show who she was looking at. Because, yeah. like, they could have made it out like it was David Harbour's character or Molina's character. Like, time had just passed and one of them had passed away. Because they were older. Like, it's possible. No, I, I 100% agree. Like, it's just, I think it's just the fact that, you know, her death would have meant that much more. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, if we would have had a movie of her prior to, you know, Endgame. Or Infinity War, like it just would have made so much more sense, and you know, I probably would have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cared a little more, probably. You know? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's it's a, it's a real problem. They don't have any real excuse. I personally think by that point, you know, before no, I, I think Michael's spot on with the weightless part of it. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. But I mean, overall, I guess, you know, like I said, I think my overall thoughts on this movie are just that it's enjoyable. Uh, I like mm-hmm. the quips. I like the, of course, it has, you know, the the Marvel sense of comedy and everything, right. which is great. And But sometimes I feel like there's an attempt to keep everything from getting a little too dark when sometimes you got to lean into that darkness a little more, mm-hmm. um, at least when it's needed you can still have the light tone at times you can still have the quippiness you can still have all that stuff but sometimes you gotta you gotta kind of lean into that that stuff a little more and i just don't think they really did that as much as they should have but i still enjoyed myself it's still you know 
Oh yeah. It's still a Marvel movie and it's still yep. just good. I just don't think that it's got as much as it should have in terms of the the weight that the characters need, especially Natasha. Yeah. So. It definitely suffers from the prequelitis oh, concern yeah. because yeah. like like you said, the that lack of weight it takes a very, very good set of writers, directors, and performances just knocking it out of the park across the board to make a prequel about a character who's dead. It's almost like it's almost oh. like Marvel was like, all right, here's this character that really never got her due out of all the Avengers, so let's make a movie about her just to kind of, for ScarJo's sake. You know yeah. what I mean? That's what it feels like, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, think of, yeah. They that, all had their like own the movies, fans, except like, for her and Hawkeye. Yeah. You know, the two humans. Well, Hawkeye, <laughs> though, is at least getting his own series, and he's not dead. True. Yeah. <laughs> like, true. So it's not going to yeah. – it's still at least going to have some impact. True. I just yeah. – it's like with a lot of prequels. It's like the prequel trilogy for yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. It, what what weight does ha- watching this character for so long when you know how they're going to end up? And it's like yeah. – Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, uh, you know, we all have, I think, varying opinions on. Yeah, I think we're all, you know, we all liked it. It's just we wanted more out of it. You know, I think that I had to pinpoint our general thoughts. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, Yeah, like they they were just they were on the brink of greatness and they they didn't take the risk. I I will say one thing, though, if, if I can say this, I thought the opening credits were amazing. Yeah. That yeah. was the best opening credits besides maybe Guardians 2 that I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, the song yeah. And, and the way they set it up. Oh my god. Oh. Yeah, I think oh, when they, I watched yeah, they, and they credits, pulled that was... one from uh The Incredible Hulk yeah. movie cuz they did the very similar thing in that one at the beginning. Yeah. I just love the way they pulled in the uh Nirvana yeah, you know, I just, I just thought it was just, oh, great, you know, very. I, I hate to hear renditions of that song, but man, the way they tied it and then, you know, filled in all the blanks, you know, gave you a little bit of history and stuff. I, man, I thought that was fantastic. Like, that's oh. when I really started enjoying it. Once some credits were through, I was, went went through it. You know, beginning there, I was like, I'm really gonna like this movie. I think. Yeah. You know, and I did up until Taskmaster mm-hmm. third third act as Michael. You know, yeah. pointed out. So, oh, I just, I just thought that that, yeah, I, yeah, that, I love that opening credits. Loved it. Credit sequence. I thought this, like, this oh, movie I can even, amazing. even get close yeah. to best, matching. Uh, you know, yeah. The Guardians one was fantastic, though. Yeah, that one's kind of hard to beat because <laughs> yeah, right. that's yeah, just so, it's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. It right. It is. Oh, it's it's so great. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, looks like uh, that's our thoughts uh, on this on this movie. Um, you know it's enjoyable it's a good time but you know a little more we could have had a little more but I think it's still definitely worth checking out so uh, alright uh, thanks for thanks listening to the Freaking uh, Geeks podcast break, be sure Sarah, to visit freakinggeeks.com as well as our Patreon page at patreon.com so, uh, slash we'll see you guys next time for more great content also please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes trust us it really helps now if you'd like to write into the podcast and share your thoughts and ask questions you can do so by sending your email to freaking geeks at gmail.com
You can contact Michael on Twitter using at Michael underscore Lanage. You can contact Sarah on Twitter using at Labyrinth Rose or at Freak Geeks. Intro music for this episode is Danger Storm by Kevin MacLeod, which can be found at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Outro music is Nowhere Land by Kevin MacLeod, which can be found at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. You can also find the attribution in the episode description as well.